Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to a special Memorial Day weekend edition of Second City Sports on a Friday, right here in live and in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny McGee on the IG. Make sure you download this Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch any of our other five live shows throughout the week. If you ever to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure, especially during this long holiday weekend. Make sure you take advantage of it. Go, make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Once again, find Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this show, our podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War or Anger. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor on those podcast platforms. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any opinions on our doing our two-hour extravagance? We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I'm giving Lakina the full boat to give you guys the full bill and beer boot. Bye-bye. I know it's a holiday weekend, but we still expect you guys to behave yourselves in a in a uh, kindly fashion. <laughs> in a dignified matter. <laughs> yes, yes. Lakina, let's kick off this uh, uh, holiday weekend edition of Second City Sports by getting to some Chicago baseball. Of course, let's, it's, it's Cubs Sox weekend. But before we get into that, let's get into this. Uh, the White Sox, after taking two out of three in New York City last weekend against the Yankees, they lay a big dub by losing two out of three to a certainly red-hot Boston Red Sox team. The Chicago Southside squad gave up a total of 33 runs throughout the three-game series. Dallas Keiko laid up another dud last night, bumping up his ERA to 7.88. Is it time to DFA Dallas Keiko, even with the updates coming ahead? with Lance Lynn returning, and possibly Eloy Jimenez coming back. Yes, reliever Joe Kelly is back on the injury list, limping like an old man, but we were all promised or we thought that the Sox thing would turn around. 
Their record sits at 22 and 22 with a kind of a soft schedule ahead before you go hit the road to Tampa Bay and Toronto, those teams respectively that you face next week on the road. Lakina, I'll ask you this. Were we too quick to jump the gun or do we still have to uh, be patient? Well, I mean, it's, we're getting to the point of the season where it's almost June and you want to say that, oh, well, they still have got time, but they're only about a third through the season. The problem is, is that, you know what, you don't, like, like I said, you can lose the division, you know, in May and you, you can't, you can't you know, lose a division in May or June, but you can certainly still lose. You can't win a division, I should say, in May and June, but you can still lose it. And unfortunately now with Joe Kelly now, you know, back in the IL, then you've got, you know, guys are coming back, but then you got guys going back on the IL. So it's mm-hmm. gotten to the point of the season where you're kind of wondering, okay, what the Sox have to do. You thought, you know, the Red Sox are suddenly hot, you know, for, for some reason they've won eight of the last 10. You know, they lose two out of three, and you lose by double digits in the two games that you lost to them. Mm-hmm. The pitching's been an issue. You know, the hitting's been kind of, you know, you know, inconsistent. You know, kind of the same issues have been have that was have that was going on, you know, early in the season. So unfortunately, this is becoming kind of like, you know, okay, here we go again. So I, I don't know what to say. I wish I had all the answers, but you know, unfortunately, right now you're kind of going back into that same pattern. Look, this team's too talented and too good to not be near the top right now. They do get a you know a quote unquote soft schedule, I, I guess if you say, because they've got the Cubs. You know, these two games we get the Cubs starting tomorrow. Of course, they got a rare day off tonight, so we don't have to worry about that. And you know, there's no reason why they would at least split the split the the series. Of course, you never know what could happen, especially over that G rate because things have been happening weirdly. But they go after that. They go into a really tough part. You got the the Blue Jays, like you said, and then then you have the the Rays, and then after that you have the Dodgers at home. So next week, so we got another, I should say. So yeah, it, it's gonna get difficult, and you know it, it's gonna get you know it's gonna get even harder after that. So this is gonna be one of those things where I don't know what else. I mean, there really are no quote easy. I mean, yeah, you got Detroit coming up and tax Texas and Detroit coming up after the Dodgers series. You still, you got to go at Houston. You got, you know, Toronto again. They have four against Baltimore. Who's they're not, they're not that bad. You got to go you know, out West and you, cause you've got both the angels and the, uh, the giants. So yeah, you've got, you're coming to the point of the month where you're going to, this is going to be a very tough schedule. And if you're the white Sox, if you don't start at least above at least 60%, you're going to be in big, this team's going to be in big trouble. And I know some people you know, want to point fingers and stuff. It's, is it you know, the injuries? Is it you know, lack of production? No one really knows. So it, it's definitely kind of one of those things where you're sort of like, I, I don't know what else I can, t- I can say. You're listening to Second City Sports, the special Memorial Day weekend edition right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in, in living color. Sid Lakina here with you talking White Sox baseball. We'll jump on the Cubs in just a couple of minutes. Lakina, as we said, uh, throughout this uh, early part of the season, the starting pitcher has been the the uh, the injury that that has carried the White Sox. Uh, Dylan C's been uh, his second start's been roughed up again. He got roughed up at home against the Yankees a couple weeks ago. Uh, it happened to him again on Tuesday against the the Red Sox. Of course, Lucas Giolito uh, uh, did his thing on the mound with uh, with seven strikeouts and six innings, but Dallas Keuchel. Uh, laid up another dud last night, so the starting pitching started to take a uh, take a hit. It is it's been the injury that's that's stirring the part for the White Sox, but they starting to take a a little bit of a hit as well. That's why it's important for this offense to start scoring runs, creating uh, opportunities to score runs. You notice they haven't hit that many home runs. I think Andrew Vaughn hit one last night, and Abreu did the other night against Boston. But that power surge uh, is not. 
coming as as much as we thought they were. And now the weather is starting to warm up here as we get into late May into early June. But for the White Sox, you cannot you cannot depend on that home run ball all the time. It, it looks nice; we all cheer for it. But uh, many times you're going to face great pitching, and they're not going to give up go, uh, golfers to you all the time. No, they're not. And it's sort of, you know, unfortunately, that's sort of been a thing. Like I said, they, the offense has been inconsistent. Yeah, you can blame the weather because it's been up and down. It's been cool and such. But you can't always, if you, especially if you're trying to get to the point where you, you want to be able to contend, you can't afford to do that. So it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, you know what, I don't know what else, you know, this the Sox team can do. You got to hope that guys can come back and be productive. But again, at the same time, you're going to have to need everybody, you know, to kind of be on all cylinders. You need to get the pitching, the hitting, and the relief. You got to get everybody there going because if not, you're going to be, I'm not going to say, you know, the Twins are going to run away with the AL Central. I don't think that's going to happen. But you don't want to be like, you know, in, you know, out in the cold, you know, sinking because you can't win against a team that you should be, you should be uh, winning against. We said it a thousand times. We'll say it a thousand and one. The White Sox are lucky there in the AL Central, as you mentioned. Minnesota, they uh, they got off to a nice start, but they're not a scary team. I don't think they're going to run away with it either. They got a tough stretch coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. But if you're the White Sox, you got to take care of your own business. Whereas I know Minnesota's lost a couple uh, in a row, but they're lucky. Uh, the Sox are lucky that they're in the AL Central and they still four and a half back. You have a chance to hopefully gain a, a game or two this weekend if you take care of your business against the Cubs. Well, we'll like I said, we'll see what happens. Now, speaking of the Cubs, um, unfortunately, they uh, split their series with the Reds, and unfortunately, the uh, their last game in that series was a whimper, twenty to five. Just Joe Burrow threw two touchdowns. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. I guess you know the I guess you know the, the Bears somehow got a safety against them too, but what whatever. But uh, it, it's one of those things where I I don't you know it's it's really not, I guess there's something going on with you know with Joey Votto and. Uh, with wisdom and um, I forgot the reliever for the Cubs, but I guess that whole thing started. And I'm wondering, like, you guys are coming to the worst teams in the National League. Like, <laughs> what are what are they trying to get buzz for? Like, the field of dreams going to be coming up next month. Which I look, I question, you know, that whole picking, but that's a whole different uh, convo. But yeah, yeah it, it's just like really, really, yeah. Uh, Stroman looked okay in his start. Cal Hendricks did not. Uh, we're not going to get on that bullpen for the Cubs because it wasn't their fault. Uh, like we always say, it starts with the starting pitching. If they can't hold their end of the bargain, the bullpen has to pick it up. And we, we said, looking in between the lines, the Cubs bullpen is not that bad. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. It was actually one of the strong points during the month of April, but it's taken a major hit here in the month of May. And we saw that throughout the series against Cincinnati. Now, some of this uh, ruggers that you talked about just a moment ago, it all started out with uh, that reliever, I believe his name was Garrett and Javi Baez from, from the yeah, last couple of years when Baez was with the Cubs. Yeah. And that stuff is continuing now. Uh, I, I don't get it, but uh, if, if you're the Cubs, you're lucky, lucky that you're eight games under 500. I know you're 10 and a half back in your division. No one expected them to be competitive anyway, but if you're a Cubs fan, uh, you kind of doing just a slightly better than what people expected. Now I know people didn't expect it to be Oakland and Cincinnati have one of the worst records of baseball. No, but this is still a, a team that's trying to uh, figure themselves out, uh, creating an identity. Do they really have an identity as of right now? No. 
No, they don't. And I guess, you know, Valo, Valo, you know, hit a homer. He had a triple, but still, mm -hmm. still shot out a, a Rowan Wick. So I don't know what, what, what's going on there. I guess they, I guess they're trying to get buzzed. I feel the dreams getting, like we said, coming up next <laughs> month. So I guess you got, they got to have some type of buzz. But I guess, look, I don't know what else to say. I guess, you know, just, just try and maybe perhaps maybe win one against the Sox. So I guess if you just so that you don't get swept from the season series, you don't have to worry about playing against them anymore after, after Sunday. So, just try mm -hmm. to win one of these next two games against them, and then you'll probably, I guess, you'll take it if you're a Cubs fan, because you got a tough schedule too. You got the Brewers and the the Cardinals for five, because a couple of those games have have to be make up because of the name of rain outs early on. So yeah, then that Monday game is against Milwaukee is a day night doubleheader. That yep. the, the first one is a, a makeup game from April. Yep. So a lot of makeup games. So they're gonna be playing a lot of games. Uh, the Cubs are so. Just gotta mm -hmm. wait for that. Now, what? No, what caught your eye in MLB this week? Because there was, <laughs> it has got a little bit interesting, though. I, I feel yeah. Like. Did you check out last night's uh, Angels? Yep. Yes. Uh, Toronto game. <laughs> Shohei Otani was... on the mound. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He hits the ball just like his Hall of Fame daddy. <laughs> that's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's been a the, the, that's a series that I had circled, and it was just so much. Uh, it's so much fun, and uh, yeah, six to three for Toronto. Though that's a you know, continue their series, you know, through this mm -hmm. weekend. Um, Otana, because Otana got the loss. Unruh, uh, you know, had uh, two, two, only two or two runs and a, and a walk. Not too flashy, but he did just enough to win that, mm -hmm. you know, they just enough to win that game. And also to the defense as well. Uh, I for, it, <laughs> it was funny because uh, early on, Otani, uh, I think that was, it was Tapia that, you know, he was trying to run the first and then, you know, Otani already had the ball in his hand. In yeah. his love, and, uh, he was like, uh, you know, come on in. And then he's like, no, no, I'm good. Tapia said, you know what? Tapia said, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Bye. <laughs> I'll see you in the next Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. So, yeah. So, what's such a gentleman uh, Otani is? What a gentleman. But, uh, yeah, so that was a, that should be a, uh, yeah, that, that he hit that, you know, Guerrero Jr. hit that ball pretty far. <laughs> that was uh, uh, the go, one of the go-ahead runs um, for them. And, it was sort of one of those things where you're kind of like this should be this should be a fun series the rest of the weekend. I'm a little I'm a little uh, perturbed that uh, ESPN didn't give this this that series the Sunday Night Baseball treatment, but you know what what can you do? But uh, but yeah, I know, I know, but, uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, right? But yeah, so uh, that was a fun one. Uh, what else caught your eye this week? Uh, the Phillies and the Braves split the four game series down in hot Atlanta. Atlanta, uh, as we mentioned last year, they got up to, to a, a shaky start. They turned it around after the uh, trade deadline. Uh, they trying to uh, uh, do it again. Lakina, uh, they had a couple of chances to perhaps take three out of four at home against Philadelphia. Philadelphia, as we mentioned, going through injuries right now, especially with Bryce Harper being out for the next few weeks. Uh, they did what they had to do. They took two out of four uh, in Atlanta against the defending world champs. Yeah, and I think that's what you want for your Phillies, man, with all the injuries that you got going on right now. Split your series against them, and then you're kind of like riding the same boat in the AL East, and NL East, I should say. So that's going to be uh, an interesting one. And uh, the Mets have been, you know, they've been kind of up and down. I know they I know they uh, scored 12 runs earlier this week, but they've lost a couple in a row. And they actually lost mm -hmm. that game, too, where they scored 12 runs. So it's going to yeah. be, yeah, so it's going to be you know, very uh, interesting there in the a in NL East. I don't, I don't think the Mets are going to run away with it. I know there's, I know both the Braves and the Phillies are seven and a half back, but I just don't see the Mets running away with it, especially with Scherzer being out. they got a couple other guys that mm -hmm. are injured. So I, I think this might be a chance for the Braves and the Phillies, and or the Phillies to kind of, you know, make a little bit of a move mm -hmm. here. Also, too, let's not forget about those L.A. Dodgers that take two out of three in our nation's capital against the Washington Nationals. Yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, it's sort of a, you know that was a pretty interesting series. I think Mookie Betts has his uh 
18th uh, multi-home run game from the leadoff spot. You know, that, that Ty Shores burner from the most, second most, you know, of course, Alfonso Soriano is the leader in that one. They're, they're right behind there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you're, uh, you know, you had to win that game yesterday. And because I know folks would have, you know, how Dodgers fans are, they throw a fit <laughs> when they did, we lose a series. So I'm glad they won that series <laughs> against the Nationals. So uh, they, they were able to kind of you know, pull that out. Um, the Padres are starting to struggle a little bit. They're still right there in the, mm-hmm. in the Dodgers' heels, but they, they they've lost their last couple of games, lost their series. So mm, that mean might hopefully this they can kind of get. Yeah, I was going to say the Brewers take care of the Padres. Yes, uh, they on did. The, uh, exactly. the Brewers West Coast road trip. So uh, shouts out to them. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, Nothing really you know, still stood out this way. And then the Yankees to the Yankees, they've won three in a row. Yeah, um, all this Chapman's on the IL, uh, yes, which means which you saw what he did against the White Sox last week. You're yeah. not going to be the closer for too much longer, at least for yeah. not for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think Aaron Boone probably, that might have been like a, a favor, uh, IL stint for him. Yeah. He was not, <laughs> he's not been pitching well lately. So exactly, there you exactly. go. Uh, like I said, the Blue, the Blue Jays, you got a, a nice uh, nice win against, I guess, you know, the Angels. Uh, yesterday, I know that the, the Red Sox are something hot. You know, one, two, out of three, of course, against the, mm-hmm. the White Sox. The Tigers, you know, they 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 won their series as well. So yeah, you know, some you know some teams are kind of like making their move a little bit. I know Houston, you know, they struggled up and down. They won the last their last couple of games. So that whole and that whole thing. But yeah, it's like you know, some teams are kind of up and down. And though the Brewers, like you said, said you know they went two out of three against the Padres. They've won three in a row. So, yeah, so everybody's sort of like kind of like jockey for, for position a little bit. We're kind of getting to the part of the season where I think teams are starting to, you're we're about a quarter through the season, just a little over a quarter through the season. I think people are maybe now with your know, guys are selling in, they're getting into a routine. Maybe perhaps they are, you know, teams that are, you think we're supposed to be in contention, maybe they're fine, can make a move. Yeah, and also, too, you're starting to see the identity of some of these teams now. Well, when you look at the standings right now, will it be the same way at the end of the season? Probably not in some divisions, but you start to see who, who are the contenders, who are the pretenders. This is just a rough draft early since we're uh, two months in, into the season. So you kind of get a feel of what the teams are going to do. We still have a long way to go, especially a long way to go before the July 31st trade deadline. But you start to see the uh, the identity of some of these teams. Yes, we are. You know, happy birthday to Yoel Moncada. <laughs> happy birthday to Mr. Moncada. He just turned, I think he's turned like, what, 26 today. So <laughs> happy birthday to him. And yes. going through the schedule for uh, this weekend, uh, some really interesting uh, series coming up. You got San Francisco and Cincy. That's you know. the Sunday uh, morning Peacock game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so John Miller will be filling in for Jason Benetti this week. So yes. So we'll, just to point that out. Yeah. So also to uh, Colorado. Did you check out uh, Colorado's uh, uniforms? They kind of. Oh like, yes, the City Connect. Uh, yeah, jersey. the City yes, Connect. I kind of actually like those. Yeah, they, it actually was like some people said they actually like their their license plate, the the Colorado State license plate. <laughs> yeah. But I thought they looked pretty cool. Uh, I think the, I think I know the mouse is supposed to be green, but you know, their colors are purple. And yeah. black and and gray, so I think you know, they had to kind of put the purple in there somehow. All the the team colors, uh, Baltimore. Yeah, and shout Bal- out to our girl, real quick. Shout out to our girl, a friend of the show, Susie Hunter. She covers the Rockies for a oh, DNVR. Yeah. Um, yes, sport. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure she'll be rocking uh, those jerseys too as yeah. well. Uh, Baltimore and Boston. Uh, special note to those of you who are in Baltimore and in DC area and in Boston. That's the first game, the Apple TV Plus doubleheader mm-hmm. coming up uh, tonight. So uh, make sure. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to watch it if you're in Baltimore, but yeah, Baltimore's actually been pretty decent. So uh, the, the Guardians, they've struggled a little bit. I know this week they played Detroit. 
New York and the you know, the Yankees and the Rays. That should be a fun series. Yeah, the Yankees won the first game last night. Yes, they did. Uh, and also to Philadelphia and New York, uh, Miami and Atlanta, Kansas City and Minnesota, Milwaukee and St. Louis. That should be a fun one. Yes. And uh, Toronto and uh, the Angels. That's the second game of the a- Apple TV Plus doubleheader. Sorry, folks. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I folks think that's like the to... third or fourth time the Angels have been on Apple TV mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, sir. Also to Houston, Seattle, a fun one in the AL West. Los Angeles, the Dodgers, and the Diamond Bats. The Pirates and the Padres and the Rangers and the A's. Those and- are Yeah. Yeah, and those are your uh, weekend uh, games uh, Friday through Sunday uh, in Major League Baseball. Don't forget to Fox Saturday Baseball returns this Saturday, tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. with three games. Of course, the Cubs and the White Sox uh, locally here uh, in the in the Mid-Race region. Most of the uh, national folks will get uh, the Phillies and the Mets, and you West Coasters will get the L.A. Dodgers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Do you know the announcers for those games yet, Lakina? No, they haven't. They have not made that a. They haven't. I'm sure Lynn Casper will probably doing the 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 the, the Cubs Sox game. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm not really sure. Arizona gone. <laughs> Philly. Yeah. Also, to uh, all you Sunday night baseball fans, uh, the Phillies and the Mets. That's going to be the Sunday night game. Remember, too, it's actually going to be on ESPN two. I'm thinking that's probably because I guess you know in case in case there's a game seven I'm, I'm thinking or game six I'm thinking or game seven I should just say guesses, uh, just just in case it's a game seven that Heat Celtics series yeah that's probably yeah that's probably why it's gonna be it could be it could be back on ESPN in case there isn't a game seven mm-hmm. but you know just a, a special note there now that is your schedule for baseball for the rest of this week weekend weekend going into this next week. Speaking of basketball, when we return, we'll preview tonight's Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. The Celtics lead that best-of-seven series three games to two. And we'll review last night's uh, Western Conference Final contest between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Are the Warriors back-back, or this is just an anomaly? We'll get into all that and much more, and we'll pay a special tribute to a Chicago broadcasting legend. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Second City Sports, a special Memorial Day holiday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. 
So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to the special Memorial Day holiday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color on a Friday right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Scrum McGee on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left of this extravagance we call a Sports Talk radio show. You have any questions or comments? For us, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's transition over to the NBA playoffs. The Western Conference Finals uh, comes to an end after the Dallas Mavericks uh, um, force a game five uh, with the victory on their home court on Tuesday in game four. The Warriors uh, closed out the Mavericks last night at home at the Chase Center in game five by the score of 120 to 110. For the Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson had a, a playoff high for 2022, his own uh, uh, personal play, uh, playoff high with 32 points, including a 16 from three-point range. Draymond Green had 17 and six. Kevon Looney had 10, 10 points and 18 rebounds. Andrew Root Wiggins chipped in with 18. Steph Curry struggled with 15. And Jordan Poole has 16 points coming off the bench. Lakina, this is the Warriors' sixth trip to the NBA Finals in eight years. Given what that franchise has been through for the last couple of years, looking, it seems like it's been forever. But uh, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. They, they do it again, and they were the better team in this series. And experience, too. I think people forget that experience matters in these yes. playoffs, and we saw that yesterday. And uh, I know some people were kind of you know afraid because you know they lost Game Four, which they probably should have won, and they lost to you go know, pretty lost pretty uh, handily. But uh, I think they won to kind of you know clinch at home because I think it kind of meant more. You can saw like just a pure joy in Clay Thompson's face after mm-hmm. you know winning, you know not playing for almost two years, and with everything that you know everything else been going through with Draymond and his injuries and such, you know. Also, to uh, Steph Curry winning the uh, first ever uh, Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP award. So, congrats to him. Uh, but yeah, I think, look, 32 points was a, a game high for Clay Thompson. Jordan Poole had 16 off the bench. All the, the stars were in double figures. Even Kelvin Looney had 10 points. So, every there's definitely a, a good, solid team win. And you just tell, like you said, the emotion. And I think, look, it's been forever it feels like you know it's been like maybe three or only been like what four years but it has been a, a while which is for a while in nba uh uh term yeah. so the fact that they've been able to come back and pretty much keep the core intact i know they've got a couple of new guys on there but uh this is sort of a, a, a this is sort of great for uh the warriors and their fans and i look i think 
they could, depending on whoever it is, I mean, whether it's the Heat or the Celtics, they could probably be the favorites going into the finals, but we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, I, I feel like the, um, I, I think the sort of the Warriors, I think this might be a team where I think, I don't want to say team of destiny, but you feel like maybe they are kind of the better team. They're showing it more and more now. They'll be the favorite in the finals. They're a huge favorite against the Mavs. And look, to the Mavs credit, I mean, look, they were able to extend it. They got the gentleman's sweep. Uh, especially the way he did his thing, 26 off the bench. Luca did his thing at 28 points. But mm-hmm. you can tell that they he needs Luca. I mean, needs another kind of like a yank, a bat, a Robert to his Batman, if you will. And that's sort of the reasons why you know the Mavs lost the series, you know, pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to answer you, Lakina. What can the Mark Cuban, the owner in the Dallas Mavericks, do this all season to help bring Luca Doncic that help? Uh, will it be Bradley Bill? Will it be somebody else that we don't know? Uh, will they bring back Jalen Brunson, who really showed out during these playoffs this year? And let's give Jason Kidd, the head coach, credit for turning that team around, especially after the trade deadline, especially defensively. They just ran into a better team this series. I know Luka Doncic uh, made a comment after the game that he he said that he has some ways to go to get better, especially defensively. I, I have no doubt he'll do that. But I was listening to somebody this morning, and they said that Luka Doncic, you know the way he, he plays, it's not bad, but the other four guys on his team stand around, stands around and wait for him to make the play. Can Luca play off the ball? I like, that's not really his game. He's really a, a he's a very good playmaker. Yes, but the, is Luca Doncic really good playing off the ball? Me personally, I don't think so. You need a, a, another scoring threat uh, that Luca uh, can uh, cre- can create and help pa- pass the ball to. They'll help Luca even more instead of him just mm-hmm. standing at the top of the key, forcing up jump shots and having to do everything. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the thing. I, and I think he needs sort of like the extra guy to kind of take the take the onus off him sometimes. Yes. I know, I know Zach's, Zach Levine's name has been floated around too, but do they have anything to, of, of you know value? Because I'm sure they're not just going to give them to you or let them sign it. It's got to be a sign mm-hmm. and trade. So you're going to have to probably get some idea. Get Brunson back to come, you know, bring him back to Chicago. Do you get maybe Dinwiddie? You know, come back here to you know, play for the Bulls. Who knows who you're going to have to give up to as well. So I think that whole thing is a little bit of a waste on that one. But, you know, that is what it is there. But I, I feel like I think, look, Luca. I'm sure Luca's going to do everything he can to make us all better, you know, defensively and whatnot. But he needs somebody there to kind of help him out in the scoring. And that's sort of been the thing. And now let's go back to the Golden State Warriors. As we mentioned at the top, they had balanced scoring uh, throughout their whole starting five. And I know Jordan Poole is the only guy that got extensive minutes last night with 16 points coming off the bench. But talk to us about how, how important it was for the Warriors to get that balanced scoring. Because as we said before, when Klay Thompson and Steph Curry both struggle shooting the ball, this Warriors team does not do as well. But even though Steph Curry got away with a, a 15-piece last night, but uh, uh, Clay Thompson led the way with 32, as we mentioned, but it was other guys that picked it up, like Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, especially. He was big with in the interior, grabbing 18 rebounds. And I think that sort of was a key. I mean, yes, Steph wasn't Steph, you know, five for 17 from the <laughs> field, only two of seven from three. But look, you had guys like Clay, you had guys like Looney had in a double double with 18 rebounds. You had, uh, you know, Wiggins also did his thing with 18 mm-hmm. points and 10, uh, 10 boards. And, you know, got Draymond with nine assists and 17 points. I mean, look, it's sort of one of those things where you're like, okay, this is sort of a you know good thing when it's not good when both Steph and Clay are not shooting well, at least in this mm-hmm. case. You know, Clay was able to pick up the slack. You know, Steph didn't have his best, you know, showing. He admitted he admitted in the post or in the post uh, conference uh, too. But, uh, I mean, look, I think this is sort of what you want if you're the Warriors, have that battle scoring if – one guy struggles, the other guys can pick up the slack, and that's what happened yesterday, last night, I should say. 
Yeah, so once again, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. They'll play in the NBA Finals, which starts six days from now. So they'll get some time off in between now and then in, in the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll talk about in just a second. As you're listening to Second City Sports, the special holiday, excuse me, edition, along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. We're transitioning over to talking about the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat lead that best of seven series, three games to two. Game six is tonight at Boston at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can watch that game on ESPN. Lakina, let's go back to Wednesday's game five performance. The Celtics won that one convincingly by 13.93 to 80. As we said before, Lakina, the Miami Heat, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. But when they struggle to score, it really looks ugly. And it, it got that way for them on Wednesday. It just, it, it, oof, I think that's the only thing you can say is like, yuck. I think that's probably the only thing you can do. <laughs> if you saw, if you saw uh, Pat Riley's uh, face in the stands during that game, I think his face kind of covers it for the rest of the Heat Nation. Because I, I, Yeah, the know, Godfather just, was not happy. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And uh, it's sort of one of the, oh, shout out to uh, Ray Loyola, may, may rest in peace, you know, good fellas. Um, yes. But, yeah, I mean, look, I look, I think, you know, Jalen Brown had 25, was 10 from 19 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. You know, he was sort of like the the force that kind of you know got the the Celtics uh, offense going. And I'm not gonna say that it wasn't th- uh, their defense, but I, I feel like it was just that the Heat just wasn't hitting their shots. And yeah. it's sort of, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, someone's gonna have to pick up the slack. Hero looks like it's not he's not gonna play. You know, again tonight, so it doesn't look it doesn't look that way. Uh, you know, Kyle Lowry and Matt Strauss were were zero for fifteen. That's mm-hmm. the worst, you know, from the backcourt, you know, with, with, you know that when that became a stat since you know going back to 1970, that's the first time. That's not going to cut it if you're trying to, uh, you know, get to the finals. And you know, you had that balanced score. I know Bam only had 18. I know Jimmy had his struggles mm-hmm. and such, but you know, look, Duncan Robinson did what he could. I know um, Oladipo struggled a little bit. He only had three points. They have to step it up tonight. They have to. Because if not, they're going to, you know, Celtics are probably going to do the same thing in their home court. So, you know, I don't know what else to say. And look, I think Tatum didn't, you know, also shout out to Tatum too. He had 22 points as, as well with, uh, with Brown. And uh, he only had only 24 years old in 85 days now. Because <laughs> it's a puzzle. <laughs> but uh, he's, not, he's now the second youngest player in NBA history to, to reach 1,500 career playoff points. Only Kobe reached it at a younger age. So if, if Tatum and Brown... You know, are good are you know shooting well tonight. If Horford could continues his you know finding the fountain of youth, Celtics might be going to the, back to uh, the finals. So he better step it up tonight. I want to go back to Wednesday, Lakina, and talk about Jimmy Butler. Of course, after that game one performance where he dropped a forty-one piece, I know many people said that this could you know, Jimmy Butler is that player that could carry you to a championship. He could carry the Heat to a championship. Have you noticed that? Uh, when Jimmy Butler doesn't have that Jimmy Butler type game that the rest of the Heat team, um, that rest of that team struggles. Now, if Jimmy Butler was on the better team, he, he's your best second or third option at best on the championship mm-hmm. team. But for this team, he has to be the number one option. But if you rely on him to uh, have those almost like a DeMar DeRozan type like performances, you're in trouble. Now mm-hmm. you you can win in the short term, but in the long term, uh, it's not working. As we said before, with both of these teams, is it's the survival of the fittest. Who's going to be the healthiest when all is said and done? But getting back to Jimmy Butler, uh, he has he has that 1990s uh, style type game, 
uh, especially offensively. He's still one of the best two-way players in the game, but if you have to depend on him to play hero ball, especially tonight in the elimination game, uh, it's going to be trouble for the Heat, especially given the injuries that uh, that they have had had to endure all season long, but especially in this series for sure. Yeah, and I think that's because that's the problem, and I think, you know, unfortunately, I guess, you know, then that happened, unfortunately. You know, Jimmy Butler didn't have his best game and everyone else – so – they need to get it yeah. together tonight, and I think I I don't see why they can't. I mean, they they won in Boston, so it's not like they're going to be mm-hmm. you know freak out by uh, the the you know the being on the road. But uh, unfortunately, look, I think everybody has to go on the best has have a good start. Butler has to have a good start. You know, Lowry needs to you know, get off the funk. I don't know if it's a hamstring. I don't know if it's you know mental, but he needs to get get you know get it going. Max Strauss has to get it going, and also the guys on the bench. You know, Duncan Robinson, Ola, Ola Depot. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Greg Vincent. I mean, and also too, I think I know people were kind of making jokes about Udonis Haslam. I know he has these <laughs> RAs and still <laughs> still getting the check and still getting played, but I think maybe they may have to, you know, play him to kind of get get the spark going. So it, it's it's I, I'm wondering, like I'm hoping that the oh shoot, of course, of course, I think. Uh, we regarding Udonis Haslam, as the late great Norvan Lear once said, "You have six fouls, use five of them." <laughs> Yeah, as, as Lakina uh, uh, get her audio issues back intact, uh, once again, the Heat and Celtics game six can be seen tonight at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN. The Celtics lead their best of seven series, uh, three games to two. You're listening to Second City Sports, the special Memorial Day holiday weekend edition right here on Sports of Chicago. We're live in the living color. Sit here with it to carry you along until Lakina jumps back. But let, let's circle back. To, to the Heat and Celtics series, of course, for the Celtics, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen and Jalen Brown, uh, who's been carrying this. Cel- both of them have been carrying the Celtics offensively. And Jason Tatum, is he a top 10, top 15 player in the NBA? Yes, he has shown that. He's shown that through, uh, through his maturity, both on and off the court and throughout his game on the court these last couple of seasons uh, come, coming out of Duke. Uh, many people saw his potential to uh, be one of those top 10 players in the league. So far, he has shown that he, he's shown growth a little bit over the over the uh, last year's playoffs. But this year, uh, he's been phenomenal through the Brooklyn series, the Milwaukee series. Now, the Miami series is his team is one game away from reaching the NBA Finals. Now, Jalen Brown, uh, he's a, a one of the un, best underrated two-way players in the game. This guy is athletic. He has speed. And he can give it to you a little bit on the defensive end, but he has a, a lot of uh, firepower on the offensive end. So he has the energy. He makes that Celtics team go from the small forward position out. Marcus Smart has been struggling with injuries all season long, but we all know that he's a reigning NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he's shown that throughout this series uh, for a reason whenever he's been healthy. So if they can get him back healthy for tonight, and assuming that they win tonight or Sunday in Game 7, uh, he'll be much needed in that series next week against the Golden State Warriors as the NBA Finals will take place uh, starting next Thursday, six days from now. Now let's I'll go back to the Warriors. Now, the Golden State Warriors, it, it seems like, as I mentioned earlier, it seems like it's been forever since that Warriors team has been back up top. But this is their sixth trip uh, to the NBA Finals in the last eight years. I know a lot of people has, have been questioning their uh, their toughness uh, and, and their 
it's just their overall mentality that said it, it's this dynasty cracked, it's this dynasty over. Uh, it turns out it wasn't. They just needed a reshuffling after uh, getting rid of Kevin Durant uh, following the uh, 2019 season where they lost to the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals. You know, that run with that core, uh, the amount of games and injuries uh, have, have did take a toll with that group. You saw that with Clay and Steph missing a lot of time the last couple of years, including Clay Thompson. So the Warriors needed retooling. They got that, a young star in Jordan Poole, who's on his way up right now. They picked up Andrew Riggins. He he struggled to find himself last year, but this year uh, he's becoming he became a first-time All-Star, and he's risen up to the challenge so far in these playoffs. And so Andrew Riggins has been one key right there, and I mentioned Jordan Poole as the other key, especially coming off the bench. Uh, he started off hot in these playoffs, dropping a 38-piece uh, in the – uh, in one of the early playoff games, but th those two guys were, were the key to uh, starting the season as Clay Thompson um, worked his way back into the lineup. He returned in January. Of course, he had a big game last night, dropping in 32 points. And so the Warriors needed help, obviously, but it's been there. Uh, the, the new addition uh, pieces that is really a, uh, uh, kept that Warriors dynasty, the new part of this uh, other side of this dynasty up afloat. Apparently, I guess Jimmy Bowie didn't like what I was saying about it. That's probably why <laughs> my battery went dead on my laptop. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, as I was saying, I think you look the heap role players. Speaking of role players, I know you were talking about the Warriors role players, mm -hmm. but they need to step it up, you know, tonight if they want to force a game seven. Because if not, and if, like I said, if Brown and if Tatum, if they both, and also too, you know, of course, Al Horford and, you know, Grant Williams has a nice contribution as well from the bench, it's going to, yeah. It, yeah, this series is going to be over with, and I think if you're the yeah, if you're the Heat, you better see if you can step it up tonight. Yeah, uh, everything's on the go for the Miami Heat. Lakina, this is it. Even though it's Game Six, it's do or die for the Heat. Uh, everything's on the line, so whatever is working, uh, it, uh, <laughs> it it better start from from the opening tip. I know the Celtics mm -hmm. are favored by eight and a half. Uh, for all you uh, betters out there, I know it's legal in many states that uh, there's, uh, some of our listeners are living in. <laughs> but, Lakina, what do you expect tonight? Uh, who uh, does do the Celtics end it tonight, or will we see a game seven on Sunday? I yeah, I, I feel I know I had Heat in six. Of course, that's not happening. But uh, I, I think yeah, I think they'll force a game seven. I think this this Miami team is too good to go out this way. I, I think you know Butler's going to step it up tonight. I know that I know Kyle Lowry's been kind of you know up and down with that hamstrings. I don't know if that's still bothering him, but yeah, I, I think I think they'll force a game seven. Although, yeah, but then again, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston ends it tonight. So <laughs> I'll go opposite of you, Lakina. The Boston Celtics will end it tonight. They saw what the Warriors did last night, and they'll uh, they'll end it tonight. The, the Miami Heat, uh, they, they just have too many injuries. It looks like it's starting to take a toll on them as well. And so, like you said, Miami Heat, they got to start off hot tonight because if they don't, it's going to be a long two and a half, three hours in the TD Bank North Garden. So I'm going with the Boston Celtics to wrap it up tonight. You're listening to Second City Sports, the special holiday edition on a Friday, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Uh, we have a few minutes left. Lakina, let's... Um, pay a special tribute to a Chicago sports broadcasting legend. Uh, his name is Dan Rome. He was, he, uh, he was a sports uh, broadcaster for the last 
45 years, the last 30 of them at WGN. Uh, he worked the uh, WGN Evening News at 5, 6 in the uh, 9 o'clock news telecast. He also hosted Insta Replay, the WGN's expanded look at the weekend sports. He joined WGN back in February of 1984, as I mentioned at the top. Dan began his career in 1977 uh, at WCIA-TV in Champaign, Illinois, where he was sports director for seven years. Uh, he wore many hats on WGN, including um, co-hosting and producing pre- and halftime shows for the for the Chicago Bulls and for the Chicago White Sox and Cubs. He also was a substitute play-by-play -play announcer for the Bulls, Cubs, and mm -hmm. White Sox games. He was also the lead announcer for the station's telecast of the DePaul basketball back in the day and also mm -hmm. worked as a play-by-play -play voice for the Notre Dame football uh, fighting Irish uh, mm -hmm. championship year in 1988. He did. And in 1994, he won three Emmy Awards for a sports-related programming. He is a native or of the state of Iowa and graduated from the state of the, from Illinois State University, the same uh, school as Doug Collins did back in 1976. Make us all feel old. Yeah, thanks. I know, right? <laughs> uh, gee, it definitely, I, I tweeted this out earlier. It's definitely the end of an era here in Chicago sports television. Mm -hmm. And look, this is who we grew up with. I mean, he came on in 84, and this was actually when WGN Sports was actually starting to become like, you know, big time. Him and Rich King, though, those two yes. were kind of like the, the faces of WGN Sports. And like you said, I mean, he did some play-by-play, -play, uh, Dan, I'm talking about. He did, I remember mm -hmm. he did those in Paul Case. And Paul was really good back in the uh, 80s and 90s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did it for a while. And sort of, you know, definitely the end of the era, era here. He still, look, you know, he's, even though he's an Iowa guy, he's been living here in Illinois for like almost, what, 50 years now, it seems. Yeah. Because he went to Illinois State. He of course, you know, worked at Champagne for years. I think that's I think that's the ABC affiliate he worked at before going to WGN. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's definitely you know the end of an era here, and you know all the tributes tributes have been pouring around. Mm -hmm. And the, this is a guy that look he look he wasn't afraid to kind of speak his mind and such. But all the the, the Chicago athletes loved him. I know he was right there for the the six Bulls championships. He was mm -hmm. there for the the Bears Super Bowl. I mean, you know, definitely. The six Stanley Cups, he was right there too with Rich. So yeah, definitely the end of an era for you know us, you know, WGN sports fans who grew up watching, you know, instant replay every Sunday at 9 40 yes. for 20 minutes. So that was sort of like the thing you watch before Sports Center or the other um the other uh, local news outlets started theirs, uh their news. So and their sports. So yeah, I mean definitely it was definitely Definitely feels like kind of like a part of our, our childhood is, is you know gone yes. now. But look, he likes to golf. You'll you'll still see him around. I mean, I'm sure he's gonna he's still gonna be around. You know, he lives in the state. I know. Um, I think his I think his like, family still lives here too. Some of them. So in in the area. So uh, yeah, we'll still see him. I mean, I'm sure he's probably gonna be tweeting about the you know, sports and stuff and fishing like like he likes like and golfing as well. So he it's not it's not more like you know you'll know, see you later. He's not you know leaving <laughs> or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, I met him a couple of times, including one Sox game that I attended a few years ago. I was kind of nervous, wanted to go up to him because he was getting prepared to host a pregame show. I just say, I just say, hi, uh, Mr. Rohn. I'm, I'm sit, you know, I, I was doing the Dean Davis show at the time. Uh, we couldn't bring him on because of uh, timing issues, but he could have been uh, nothing but a nicer gentleman, and and that's uh, the kind of demeanor that he uh, displayed to me and all the people that he worked with. And like you mentioned, you heard all the tributes from. Uh, various colleagues uh, through other stations as well, not just WGN, but from other stations as well. I know he did the rounds in terms of 
interviews this week with Lawrence mm -hmm. Holmes and uh, Jason Goff. Hope we can bring him on this show very soon. Uh, uh, he talked about his career. As you mentioned, he covered all the Blackhawks, uh, Stanley Cups, the World Series for the Cups in 2016. Of course, the 05 White Sox and all those Bulls championships back in the 90s. He came in just in time to cover the 85 Bears. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, so he uh, covered all the major sporting events throughout our lifetime here in Chicago. And speaking of instant replay, Lakina, you know, as I believe that was the first sports show, Sunday night sports show in, in the city of Chicago, of course, mm -hmm. Gene Gregor, who's now out of the business. He did sports Sunday on channel five back in the day. Yep. Remember that? And Steve McMichael, mm -hmm. his crazy self. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, um, um, uh, uh, get well soon to Steve McMichael. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, get well wishes, soon. Yeah. Yes. But uh, the, they started, uh, the local Sunday night sports shows here in Chicago with that instant replay. Now you see all these sports stations, uh, not just in the city of Chicago, but across the country, uh, taking that format and just running with it. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they have. I think they were really the, the first to actually do that. So, and this is before mm -hmm. you know sports ever became like you know, real, real yes. uber popular here in, in Illinois. So, I think that he was sort of the first to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I gotta check out that interview that he did with uh, Lawrence Holmes and Jason Goff. I know he goes very in depth and. You know, you mm -hmm. say, he's, look, you say he's going to miss it, you know, you know, but the good news is he gets to spend more time golfing. So, which is another one passionate his. So he's, he's going to, yeah. 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 So he's, he's going to be fine. And like I said, we'll probably still see, you might still see him at the Sox game and the Cubs games and such. Cause I know he just loves what he, you know, those, see those, he's just a, a big sports fan in general. And we'll see what happens when they bring in. I know that our, our buddy Josh Halley is still over there. Our buddy Jared Payne's still over there. I know Chris mm -hmm. Bowden's been doing some stuff too. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll hire somebody else too as well mm -hmm. um, at some point to, you know, to kind of pick up the slack there. So yeah, so it's definitely a good hands there, the WGM. But yeah, definitely in the air. And we salute to you, Mr. Dan Roan. Yes, salute to you, Mr. Roan, for on a great career in sports broadcasting in the, here in the city of Chicago. Our number one in the books, our number two straight ahead as we continue our special Memorial Day holiday edition of Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. When we return, we have, we'll have a very special guest to take us home for the entire last hour of the program. You'll have to stay tuned to find out who that is. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's b a b b e l.com. Welcome back to our number two of this special Memorial Day holiday edition of Second City Sports Real Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Hello, and Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrub again on the IG. We have 60 minutes left of this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have a question or comment for us and for our next guest, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or for Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Say that five times fast. You can type mm-hmm. in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. And speaking of our next guest, she's a friend of the show. She's our homegirl. She's Chicago's very young. She's the co-host of the House of Hockey Podcast, part of the uh, ho- uh, Hockey Podcast Network with our co-host breezy you can follow her on the on the instagram at the hockey lady in lady on tv she's our very good friend miss ray ray rachel Kopchak. what's going Yay! on rachel let's bring her in lakina oh It'd be nice to be rearing. Hello. There we go. (laughs) What a welcome. Thank you, guys. That's so sweet. That's awesome. Yes. uh, I forget. I was like, hometown. I've moved so many places in my life, guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Chicago is my hometown. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, obviously. But Oh, yeah, that's I know you're coming. Yeah, I know you're coming to us from parts unknown. But, yeah, you know, in this business, you know, uh, many times you have to uh, move around. So, but you get it. So. I do. Uh, do, do I, I do. do, I, do I, I forgot to mention she's my future ex-wife, so I forgot to mention that. Oh, that too. <laughs> that too. Oh Jesus. Now yep. look here. Now we get into it. Now we get into it. We're gonna oh, talk. We get... <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna talk everything from Stanley Cup playoffs to the future of the Blackhawks, maybe some sports media news and Cub Sox memory since it's Cub Sox. We get in a whole lot more. It's Friday, Lakina. We don't care. We don't care. Mm-hmm. So Rachel, uh, as usual, buckle up for this is going to be one hell of a ride. We're going to talk about any and everything. So <laughs> as right. a whole character would say, buckle up and strap it down. He <laughs> oh. gone. Oh, my goodness. He gone. <laughs> well, 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 speaking of uh, well, speaking of Tina, it's gone, unfortunately. And uh, I was very disappointed uh, when this series ended last night. The, uh, the Flames, the Flames flamed out. They lose to the Oilers. Um yeah, I was really disappointed in this. I know we all said and I talked about it before we uh, started. Uh, we went live. That, yeah, I yeah, I don't know what happened. I, I, I guess look, you know, Edmonton was just a better team in this case. And what do you think about that series, Rachel? I know you wanted to go seven too. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the Battle of Alberta to have that in a in the Stanley Cup playoffs was just so exciting to begin with. Not to mention the whole Kachuk family uh, mm-hmm. cheering for Matthew, for the Flames, like the whole thing. And then on top of this series, you've also got 
uh, Ben Stelter, the now six-year-old boy. I think today's his birthday. Um, if you haven't seen this story, he's a young kid with cancer and he's become a very uh, close friend of, of the Oilers. So he's kind of been their good luck charm, but that's sort of all off the ice. But on the ice, it was a very exciting series. And I really think that Calgary hung in there. I really do think they put up a good fight. I don't think they they really, you know, yeah, they went down four to one in the series. But if you watch those games, the scoring, you know, is like this. It's going up and down and back and forth. And I think it was just really exciting to watch. But I always come back to this. Is our Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel enough? Yes, there are other players I know on the Oilers, but those are the two <laughs> main guys. Are is that enough really to win them a Stanley Cup? I am always fiercely saying no. <laughs> I've said it multiple times on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. However, this is turning out to look a little bit different, right? This is their first time in, in the Western Conference Finals since 2006. So this is exciting. Do they maybe have more? They added Evander Kane. He's proven to really find his groove here with the Oilers. Don't trust Gold. him off the ice, but that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe don't, go, don't <laughs> yes. go to the casino with him, maybe. But, you know, right. on the ice, <laughs> we're good. He's uh, he's really found a home here, though. And so there's a lot of things at play, and they were able to win it. I mean, Connor McDavid goes out on the ice. It's It's incredible to watch. If anything, even if you're not an Oilers fan, <clears throat> this girl... You should still be watching this series. You should still be watching the Edmonton Oilers because of just the star power and what Connor McDavid can do on the ice. It's like if you were watching Michael Jordan, no matter if you hated the Bulls and all of the things, just watching that man play and how he plays is incredible. And it's like part of our what's going to become history, you know, in several years or many years probably, but watch what he can do. I mean, he carries so much of that team on his back and just goes in there and is like, I can, I'm going to do everything guys. I I'm going to, I'm going to do it all. I got it all. I'm going to pass it to myself. <laughs> That's funny. I'm going to clear that. I'm like, you know, he just comes in there with that mentality and they definitely look like a different team this this playoff run this season just all together really the other uh, game five that took place last night in the eastern conference second round was between the carolina hurricanes and the new york rangers i'll call them the strangers from time to time on this show uh carolina got the best of them three to one last night they lead the best of seven series three games to two mm -hmm. rachel uh I did pick the Rangers to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I know they trailed in the <laughs> oh, last round of Pittsburgh. They got uh, and they got by in the game seven. I think this may be a different story. They may win game six tomorrow, but after mm -hmm. that, Carolina, as we said, Lakina going into the series, they have the mm -hmm. best team uh, up and down the roster. The Rangers, uh, they, they they they're like the Black this year's Blackhawks at times. They struggle to score. They do. I know they got Artemi Panarin over there now. Thank you, Seth yep. Bowman, that goof. But <laughs> I know they have Chris, Chris, I know they have Chris mm. Kreider too, but it's just something about them at times. It's just 
uh, for lack of a better term, really want to make and makes my skin crawl. Mm -hmm. I understand. So what's your thoughts I, about that series? I I feel you. It's like they're <laughs> discombobulated. The Rangers are like a little discombobulated out there. And watching that series, like watching the Canes and the Rangers series. It's sort of like they're both teams are flailing on the ice is how mm -hmm. I feel like as a fan when I watch it. Um, they're both super aggressive. They're both, you know, hunting down pucks. They're not giving up. They're not like cool, calm and collected. They're much more like mm -hmm. all over the place, both teams. And that can lead to a lot of things, turnovers, different things. That's that sort of sporadic, spastic energy that they both uh, show on the ice. But I do think that the Canes have a significantly better chance at winning this series. They've had some playoff experience now over the years. They, this team, they added Max Domi. There's a lot of things happening there for Carolina that bodes well for them. But I really do think this series could go to games to seven games like watching them and watching these games between those two teams you're like I just have no clue I have no clue my head says Canes like on paper Canes should be winning this but my heart is like I kind of want the Rangers to to do this and to make it further but I just don't think it's the Rangers here so sorry uh, about your prediction Sid um and any money you might be losing <laughs> but I just I didn't, I didn't bet any money so I'm okay <laughs> okay, good. okay good. so you do, okay you don't take advice from Evander King great you're, you're good to go then. you are good to go listen we all have our vices that's not a shot at him uh, we just heard more about his than some of the other players. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, but let's also, oh, sorry, one more thing, Look Lupina, about uh, goaltending in New York, though. Shuster yes. Igor Shosturkin is, like, incredible to watch. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. is filling such big shoes. Like, we forget so quickly as, as hockey fans, like, it really wasn't that long ago that Hank retired and like this, like this, the biggest name, Henrik Lundqvist, like, you know, he's been the Rangers goalie for a decade and he's loved and beloved by the hockey community. And then you've got this like new young guy coming in. And I don't think really a lot of people from the outside thought he was going to just be as incredible as he is. You know, I'm sure management did. And they were like, yeah, don't worry, guys, we got this. But fans are always a little more skeptical. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, go, we'll actually get back to that now. Going back to the other uh, Western uh, Conference semi, finally got the Avalanche and the Blues. I mean, oh, so many weird things going on, you know. The, the Zilka dream, you know, the St. Louis fans don't like him, but he ends up, you know, getting his first hat trick. And but then yeah, you thought that maybe the Avs had it, but then the Blues came back, you know, forced a game six. Uh, you know, where, where do you see this series? Because this is just this this whole series has been very strange. It has been. I would totally agree with you. It's been a very strange season uh, or series. Everybody, like every outlet, media outlet, newspaper, right, online article is like, the Avs are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And I am just like so tired of hearing it, you guys. Like I'm so tired, right? Like there are central division 
rivals. Like they've got McKinnon. You two, girl, thank you. Fine. I'm like, I can't, if I hear this one more time, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to lose it. I, I'm in a short circuit. They are. They're they're very they're very talented. They just barely missed uh claiming the president's trophy this season, right? Like that was mm-hmm. given to the Panthers, who are now no longer uh playing in the in the playoffs. That's a whole other story. There's a curse, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. um <laughs> I think that the Avs are going to get out of this. They are, they want it, they're gonna get out of this series. The blues are giving them a really good fight. I had said on the podcast uh this week week or last week that I the Blues are sort of reminding me of the Blackhawks in the years in between when we we didn't win the Stanley Cup and that sort of like wait a minute like you we should be doing really well and going really far um but we're kind of like inconsistent and nothing is really working quite as seamlessly as we wanted to and they were giving me that feeling, right? Like watching the blues was giving me that feeling. And then I, I was like, yeah, they could totally win it all and be a total surprise. Like how the Blackhawks have come back in game seven overtime mm-hmm. winning goals. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, that could totally be the blues, but now I'm not so sure. And I may have walked back some of my statements, but <laughs> then here they go again. Like here they are, they won. And like they're, they're neck and neck with the abs. So I really, don't have an answer. I really do think that the Avs are going to just put a bow on this and and move on to the next round. But I don't want them to. Like I'm not cheering for them, you know. Like, <laughs> but I can't cheer for either of these teams, right? Like as a as a Blackhawks fan, like you can't cheer for the Blues, like especially not the Blues. But oh, like. No. No. And then the abs, it's just like, oh, I roll. Like they've been saying this for two or three mm-hmm. years now that the abs yeah. are the best team in the league on paper and stats. And <clears throat> obviously they're not because they haven't won a Stanley Cup. So that's that's what I'm going with. A home home girl, Rachel Kopchak, co-host of the House of Hockey podcast, is joining us right here on Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Still again here with you. Rachel, we had you on uh, last time for our last show of the year in 2021. I asked you about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, did uh, I think was, my question was under the whims. Do they uh, get the respect they deserve in the hockey world? I'll ask you again, assuming that they're winning. What was my step, answer? <laughs> I can't remember your answer, so I'm not going to put words in your mouth. So, but okay. I'll, I'll ask you this question. Assuming, once again, for you, some of you folks are hard of hearing, assuming that Tampa Bay wins uh, the cup this year, that'll be three in a row. How do you think that uh, the uh, the history will treat them? Will it be kind to them or what? Because the reason why I asked that, because not uh, me or their players are, are marketed. We talked about that before a couple of times when we had mm-hmm. you on, but we know Tampa, the state of Florida, but particularly Tampa is not a tradi- traditional hockey market. People uh, give them the eye roll and uh, and, and uh, they get ignored uh, to the back pages or what have you. Uh, what do you think that history, will history be kind to the Tampa Bay Lightning should they win that third in a row? I think history will be kind to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think it already is. I really do think that the present perspective about hockey in Florida has really been changed, especially in the last two years. We had the Battle of Florida, 
that like that never existed before. Like the mm -hmm. Battle of Florida was not a thing in hockey. It was not a phrase. It wasn't something fans who, whether or not they cheered for the Panthers or the Lightning, um, mm -hmm. cared about. But now those fans are like, heck yeah, we've got the Battle of Alberta in the Stanley Cup finals, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then we've got this Battle of Florida. And it's not like I roll Battle of Florida. It's like, holy smokes, both of these teams are incredible. The talent, mm -hmm. the way they have developed and changed, it's respected, I think. I respect it. I really think that misnomer of like them not being um, talented or respected is out the window. If you don't respect the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. They are probably going to make it to the Stanley Cup final this year Third for the, you know, like they have been in the playoffs for the last, what, six, seven years now, mm -hmm. give or take mm -hmm. maybe 10, maybe missed a few right here and there, but like they are a serious team and what they have been able to do with their coach, John Cooper, how they have handled losing some of their core players after each cup win and finding the right replacements. Replacements isn't the right word, right? But like finding the players that fit the mold of their system of what they do is unbelievable. You don't have to like the Tampa Bay Lightning. You you can hate them, right? Like that's part mm -hmm. of sports. That's part of hockey rivalries, right? I hated them. Couple years ago, when they were, you know, facing off against the Blackhawks, and we were both sort of contenders in the playoffs in those years, I hated them. I was like, I hate the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, like I can't stand them. Like how how I am now today about the Abs. Watch now, the Abs are gonna win in like the next couple of seasons. I I really hope not. But anyway, here we are watching <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning just do incredible. Things. They have the best goaltender in the league, in my opinion, hands down in Vasilevsky. Um, you've got your offensive, defensive. And when you watch them play, you know how we were talking about the flailing that we see with the Rangers and the Canes? Mm -hmm. You don't see that with Tampa. They have such a chemistry and a team connection and a bond and if you listen to any of their post-game interviews or in intermission game interviews with any of their players, it's like, I play for this team. I We play for each other. We play for each other. It has nothing to do with that singular person. And I think that's what sets them apart so much. So if any of those things that I just said about them doesn't give them credibility, then like, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're probably not a hockey fan. Like there's so much credibility that is owed to them and what they have built and, and what they are doing when you watch them on the ice. It's like, they don't even have to look, they know if they clear the puck from behind their net and they know that there's a line change, they know exactly who's going to be where on the ice. They don't even have to mm -hmm. look when they pass the puck. Like they're just so ingrained to work together and to know and to trust each other and know what is happening on the ice. And that's what is like magical to see. And then if you look at the Panthers, I still think the Panthers have a little more ways to go. Obviously, They've had a challenging uh, start to their season when former Chicago Blackhawks ho coach Joel Quenville was let go because of, mm -hmm. you know, all of the things that happened with that lawsuit. Um, so mm -hmm. 
they had a lot to overcome and a lot of team building to to make and to rally around themselves and to have a new coach brought in. And they made some changes with players. They made a really great move in bringing in um, Claude Giroux. Mm-hmm. And that was a great move for the Panthers. And he makes us he, all feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that too. But <laughs> I, I mean, and Joe Thornton, right? Like mm-hmm. Thornton yeah. was like not even playing. And then all of a sudden in like the last or second to last game, you, I, I think he played, but I could be wrong. Or else there's just another guy on the, on the team that had a really long beard and was really tall. Um, so I could be wrong. I didn't fact check it and I, I couldn't read the numbers quick enough on the screen. But anyway, there's a lot happening there. There's the challenge with the Panthers fan base is their location in, in Florida, right? Like they're not in, they're mm-hmm. in sun sunrise, sunshine, sunrise, mm-hmm. sunrise, Florida. Sunrise. Sunrise. I always get sunrise. it right. Like where, where are they? Where do they play? Right. <laughs> like how, where the hell is that? How do I get there? What, what isn't that? Is that Miami? Is that Fort Lauderdale? Is that Palm beach? Like where, how do you get there? So I think that's a little bit of a challenge for them uh, in sort of getting the fan base and the popularity and the press and the media more for, for that. But I think in Tampa, it's a lot more accessible and, and what they do over there with their ownership and and that team is just one of the best. It's it's very exciting to watch. Now, which team do you, which team has sort of surprised you these playoffs, and what which team has disappointed you? Uh, you know, I'm assuming it's among the eliminated teams. Okay, among the eliminated teams. Yeah, I was not surprised that the Toronto Maple Leafs did not get out of the first round. Mm. <laughs> I had been saying that all along, all season, and Leafs fans, you know, even even my co-host on my podcast, Breezy, is like a Leafs fan, and she's like, "We could do it." I, I'm like, "Can't do it. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen." Mm. So that was not surprising. I was surprised and a little bit disappointed in the Minnesota Wild. I have been a big champion of that team in the last two seasons and what they have done with their roster and the big changes they have made and how exciting they are to see play. They were at at the number one spot in the Central Division for the majority of the of the regular season. I really had a lot of high hopes that they could get out of at least the first round. Um, so I was a little disappointed that that didn't happen, but they are a team I hope will be exciting to watch um, moving forward uh, in the next couple of years. I think the other most surprising team that made it into the playoffs this year would be the Los Angeles Kings. I really don't mm-hmm. think anybody outside of the Kings fans and towards the, you know, in the the end of this season, there's so much happening, right? Like the last few games when you're in wildcard race contention and there were so many teams, hold on, I have to clear my throat. So many teams, (laughs) I get, I'm like so pumped and like, I'm just, so the, especially in the Western conference, there were so many teams in wildcard contention, um, that every game counted and mattered, right? And then for the Kings to end up with a playoff spot, I think a lot of people were really surprised. And if you weren't really following the Kings, you weren't aware of 
all of the young prospect pool that they have, which is probably the best prospect pool in the whole league. <laughs> like they mm -hmm. have so many stars that they are developing and they've really worked hard since their championships to really recruit that young talent and to play their game their way. And so there was a lot of names on the Kings that people weren't familiar with, right? It's these newer players, these younger core. You were you didn't have Drew Doughty. He was out with injury. He's a core guy for that group. Um, so, you know, they did their best. I think they really, I mean, they put up a fight. Like they did not just let... Edmonton sweep them. So, you know, that was exciting to see. And they're a team to keep an eye on as well. Dallas, like, really, they made it. I don't know how. I don't know how Dallas. <laughs> like, I still just like don't totally understand that. I don't think they'll win a Stanley Cup with their current team. I'm just going to say it. Um, I was excited to see the Washington Capitals. We all love OVE. I would, uh, maybe not, but I, I love Ovechkin. It's exciting oh, I do. to see. Okay, good. Me too. He's, Me too. You know, he's breaking records. He's just a monster. He's incredible. Plus all the other people on their team as well. We lost Tom Wilson, which was a huge guy for them to lose in the playoffs uh, due to injury. He's going to be out for a couple of months, actually, with some mm -hmm. uh, surgery there. Boston is still kind of a contender and and always somehow making their way into the playoffs, right? Like, we're mm -hmm. like, oh, how did they how did they get here? You yeah, know, Carolina really exposed it for who they really are. They did. They really did. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's surprising too, because they have such talent on their team, right? Um, it's, mm -hmm. it's, that's the thing. It's, you can have all the talent in the world, but it's injury. It's a long season. It's, do they have the chemistry? What is the connection that these players have off the ice? Who are the leaders in the room? Um, because, Coaching, yes, coaching plays a part, but I really don't think that the biggest percentage of what makes a team successful and wins a Stanley Cup is the coaching. I, I would say I think it has so much more to do with the players, the magic of the different guys you build on the team, how they play with each other, how they play for each other. And the coaching, yeah, too, like knowing how to coach your group is super important. Um but that's what I have to say about that. The Penguins is the last team that uh, was has been eliminated that we haven't touched on. You know, I was really hopeful because, you know, Sidney Crosby is Sidney Crosby. He's getting up there. You've got a couple other guys on the team that are like, you're like, what's going to happen? And do they really have enough to make another Stanley cup run. And I was sort of hopeful that they were going to make at least a run further than the first round, but that didn't happen. Those Sid's like, I'm going to be here for three more years. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. That's all great. But you know, is, is that going to lead to a Stanley cup? Our homegirl, Rachel Kotchak, the co-host of the house of hockey cup podcast is joining us right here on second city sports. We're live in living color right here on sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you before we take our break, Rachel, I want to get this question in for you. Uh, what uh, I'm glad I'm not a TV executive, even though I think <laughs> that ESPN and TNT has done a great job with these playoffs. So, uh, what do you think is the best uh, Stanley cup final matchup uh, for ESPN? 
I think the Tampa Bay Lightning and I think I I don't want to say it, the Colorado Avalanche. I don't want to say it, you guys. I want Edmonton <laughs> to kick her butts. The league was Edmonton. Yeah, but I was Canadian team. I know Montreal, what they did, uh, I think, last year. But mm-hmm. they want their uh, they, uh, uh, Canadian team in there. So yeah. I think the league wants Edmonton, but you you're, you're probably you'll probably get Tampa, Colorado. <sighs> I know. <laughs> Send it to break already. I'm already all, I'm like mad now. I'm talking about the Colorado <laughs> making it to the final. Blah. That's not what I gotta say. A- Avs fans, go ahead and come at me. I don't care. I can handle it. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> all right on that note we will take that quick break we're gonna have more with rachel not just you know more nhl time we'll talk some blackhawks and what's next for them also too i know there's some sports media news some big sports uh, media news that that broke in the last you know few days so a lot to do still with our girl rachel kowchek sydney brown lakina mcgee second stage sports on sports on chicago and we'll be right back automotivemap.com presents the sports flash on the sports zone chicago NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For Lightning Fast Sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the holiday edition, right here live in the Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. We are joined by our homegirl, Miss Rachel Kouchet, the co-host of the House of Hockey podcast. You can follow her 
on the Instagram at the Hockey Lady and Lady on TV. Um, where if you have a question or comment for us, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or in comments in the comment section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. Let's finish this uh, episode strong. Uh, for so we can enjoy the good holiday weekend programming. No, we will not be on the air on Monday, so we're going to enjoy the holiday break with you guys. So we'll be back on the air next Friday. Rachel, let's get back into it. The Chicago Blackhawks, uh, as we mentioned earlier, um, uh, many changes, but on and off the ice. Pat Foley retiring. I was at that game, his last game. No, I did not cry. I did not cry, but Aww. I was happy just like the other Hawks fans are giving them congratulations on his great career, but you have new GM uh, Kyle Davidson. He has a lot of work to do this summer. You have some young guys, including Alex Dabrinkit, Taylor Radish, and uh, and Philip Kurashev, and uh, some of the other young guys they're trying to find for this new Hawks core. I believe Kane Taves and Dabrinkit are free agents after next year. If memory serves correct, I wanted to ask you, uh, where do you see the Hawks' uh, future going in the next couple of years? Down. <laughs> 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 down it's gonna be a little down for a while fans and friends uh it's gonna be i just feel very nostalgic and i feel very sad for kane and taze you know they're the last really of the core of our cup champions I love watching both of them play. It's a gift to watch what they do. Mm -hmm. Kane has really done incredible things for Debrinket's game. And I, I would venture to say that Debrinket would say that in a heartbeat. Um, watching them on the ice together is magical. And I just am savoring in every game this season of the Hawks that I watched of just watching Kane and Taze and like, what what the dine like what we had and the years we've had like see this is making me emotional because it's like over mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. over it's over like I had that really realization uh I would say at the beginning of this season and even uh last season I was like this is it like this is mm -hmm. This is it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, you know, it's going to be a completely different team. So I'm trying to focus on the new, but we've had a very, very challenging season. We had a lot happening at the beginning mm -hmm. of the year um, with Bowman, <laughs> coach getting fired. We have an assistant coach and we have new GMs. Like you've got these two legends Kane and Taze on the team you you bring in the flower what the hell I mean like I I just I mean I, it was wonderful having Marc-Andre Fleury and I was like this is great but like why he's not gonna stay here why would he you know yes I get why he wants to come here we're incredible Chicago's a great city um all of those things but he left for Minnesota is he gonna stay there mm -hmm. is he gonna go somewhere else you know what's gonna happen so it's just a lot of turmoil for the players and it's understandable to have a really tough season. There's just a lot that I think we don't know that happened uh, probably behind the scenes too. And we've heard little bits of it, right. From mm -hmm. <clears throat> the things that Taze has said, it was great to have him back on the ice this season. Of course, like so happy to see that he's 
doing well um, mentally, physically, and could be a presence uh, on the ice. But it's going to be the like, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not probably going to be very pretty for the next couple of years. There's a lot of work to do. We've, I, I don't think that the defensive move that Bowman made in bringing Seth Jones over for the high amount of money that we're paying him was really mm -hmm. worth it. Yeah. I really don't. Um, I think we need more defensively. I think there's a lot of, of promise on the offensive and the forwards that we have. I think there's a lot of good there. I don't think they've found their rhythm. I don't think I, I, I just don't, I mean, it's like, it's just tough. And I know all the boys go out there every night, you know, back during the regular season, they go out there to win. They want to play to win. They don't go out there knowing that like, they're probably going to lose, you know, that's not how hockey players are built. Even when you are having a, a, a tough season, right? Like they still mm -hmm. are out there playing to win and loving what they do. And so I just think it's going to be a, a tough couple of next years. Who, a, lot of, think, a lot of ups and downs. Yeah, who, who do you think, think should? Yeah, yeah, who do you think should be the next head coach? Yeah, is it Derek King or is it Barry Trotz? Or some people throw his name out there. I don't think Barry Trotz is interested in the rebuild, so and I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, who do you think is going to be the next Hawks head coach? What type of coach do you think they should be looking for? I think they need somebody who's uh, had a lot of experience and knows how to develop players and 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 bring them together i i think barry trotz has those qualities i mean trotz can do that he can take a bunch of players that don't seem to fit or work well and get them together i mean i love barry trotz um there's rumors he could go to vegas i i really don't see his style of play working successfully in vegas because of Vegas fans, I just think they would be like, wait, what happened? Where's all the action? What is all of this like very mm -hmm. defensive, moderate sort of style of play? I think he's an incredible coach and an incredible leader. And I, I love Trot. Uh, I love, I love Barry Trotz. So I'm a huge fan of his and I hope he lands somewhere and really has the opportunity to do something great with the team. I think he could really do something great in Chicago. I really do. Um, will that happen? I don't know. Um, does should Derek King stay? Maybe. I don't know. I don't really think you can see enough from him this season. I don't think you can really judge his performance in one season, especially the season that we've had that we've mentioned for all of the reasons. That's a holy moly. That's a boatload of stuff to just try to manage when you lose GM coach you've got a lawsuit mm -hmm. you've got like a, a whole bunch of like stuff happening it's very hard to come in and gain respect from your players gain trust from your players um yeah he came up from the ice hogs and and has been around in some capacity with some of these guys which i think is a good thing i mean i wouldn't be upset with that choice but I would be open to hearing some other opportunities. So I, I really don't know who would make a great fit. Who, like, I mean, I'm also a huge Tortorella fan. And like, there's rumors <laughs> that he might be coming back to coach. And yeah. if you want a guy who the players respect and trust and have an incredible relationship with, 
you bring in Tortorella. Like mm-hmm. you bring him in. Would he want to deal with this nonsense that we've Probably got not. going mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that he would be like up for dealing with like cleaning up this mess, so to speak, and <laughs> like figuring mm-hmm. out how to move forward with our team. But, you know, I can dream. A girl can dream. Yeah, he would be. He would definitely be the most uh, entertaining uh, coach here in Chicago if that were the case. But after his oh, comments, what? Go ahead. No, 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 no. But I think after you know, we saw his comments after all that you know hit the fan. It yeah. ain't happened. Now, now, now again, you look. Kyle Davidson might you know he seems like a very charismatic guy. He can kind of sort of charm his you know for you know you know coach Tortorella can always smell BS, so he probably wouldn't BS him. But uh, it would be interesting though. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind him coming here. But I, like I said, it probably won't happen. <laughs> No, but I think Chicago would love him, honestly, though. I think they would love the blunt honesty. Mm-hmm. You, you, I think a lot of fans would disagree with a lot of things he might say, but they would respect him. Yeah, absolutely. I and, think. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, oh, yeah. I think, I think people, <clears throat> I think, look, the one thing we love here is when people are blunt. So we're pretty blunt. We're all pretty blunt ourselves, I think, when push yeah. comes to him. Uh, Chris Bosters has you know, been named, of course, the new play-by-play TV guy for the Black Hawks. So hopefully we can have him on the show, too, at some point. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, he's, he does a nice job. I mean, we really haven't seen, my, like, much, you know? Like, there's a lot uh, coming. You've got to bring in a new guy. I think he's going to do great. I haven't really spent too much time listening to any of his, like, previous work. Um, so I can't really say anything, but um, it's just the end of it's the end of a lot with the Blackhawks, right? There's a lot of new. There's going to be a lot of new that comes this coming season and the following. So it's just bracing for impact and was kind of sitting back and watching. I, I feel like I don't really have opinion about him because I haven't really gotten to just sit and listen and not compare to the voices we've loved and known for so many years, right? That's mm-hmm. so hard. Those are such shoes to fill. And I just wanna, I just wanna watch next season with more of that open mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, your fair. thoughts, yeah. Your thoughts on the career of Pat Foley. Amazing, incredible, one of the best, one of the best in the industry. I'm so sad he is retired. His ending speech, like after the game, after his last game had me Mm -hmm. tearing up Mm -hmm. and you could also just hear all of the respect from like Edzo and everybody else. Um, Did you see, wait, sorry, I have to sidebar Eddie Olchek's son, Nick Olchek was calling games. Yes. I was like, yes nepotism but that's okay i i he's very cool like he was so qualified though like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i thought he did a really great job and i think he has a has a very bright future for him um but listening to him and pat go Mm -hmm. together was was super fun and interesting to hear them call a game uh and yeah i mean i i'm just that what a career i mean the guy has what could more could he want you know he's seen such an incredible history with this team going from not not being on television, right? Mm-hmm. Like not having mm-hmm. the broadcast rights to mm-hmm. getting broadcast rights to then immediately winning Stanley Cups and having this like incredible and but like yet still also knowing the old school 
Chicago Blackhawks fans and players mm -hmm. in years in, in that space. I think um, the guys probably got a lot of great stories and I'd love to, I'd love to just hear one of them, right. From like the, mm -hmm. the olden days, right. That's not even fair to say, but like from 25 years ago, you know, Oh yeah, you know he can go on and on and on for days. Uh, we we talked about it a little bit. We touched on it a little bit earlier. Uh, what grade would you give the the coverage on ESPN and TNT for the NHL, especially the playoffs? Because both the ratings are up for both for both, so which is awesome. TNT gets an A plus 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 from me. I am obsessed with their intermission. I love listening to Edzo and Kenny and. Um, Jonesy, uh, they're like uh, some of my favorites to listen to call a game. I like listening to Bucci Gross when he calls games um, yeah. on, on yeah. the ESPN side. I honestly have been meaning to go and look up the names of the other broadcasters who are calling the like the opposite game, right? Because like Bucci can't be in right. in Canada and, mm -hmm. and in St. Louis, right? So I don't know their names, but I... I am very disappointed. I'll just say that nicely. Like, it's hard to listen to. It's so boring. And I'm like, how can you, how are you possibly making the game of hockey boring? Um, <laughs> Gucci is incredible. You hear yes. the passion, mm -hmm. right? Like that we mm -hmm. hear from those other guys that I mentioned who are over on the TNT side. The TNT intermission report is some of the best dang television I have watched. I stay up to watch it. I make sure I don't miss the intermission reports. I love that business <laughs> there. I love that Gretzky's on there. Um, I think they do, they did it right. They, they, they took, they took the model from the NBA on TNT uh, mm -hmm. intermission with, with that panel, right? Like they took yeah. that model, but made it hockey and they nailed it. I think they nailed it. They are changing the way that young fans watch the game. And I've said this before that I really just think ESPN is ESPN and that they are like very bipartisan. They are very just like, we just report the stats and the facts and we can't get too emotional or opinionated. Obviously the TNT broadcast doesn't get um, biased or are too opinionated, but they have something, they give them more freedom to be themselves than I mm -hmm. think ESPN does. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real hindrance. And I think that's yeah. a really missed opportunity because hockey fans are not the same as baseball fans and football fans and basketball fans. And I just am really disappointed in, in some of their coverage. I do. I mean, they have Chris Chelios right on their panel for their intermission mm -hmm. reports with Mark Messier, huge names, super smart, intelligent guys who are offering great takeaways, a great insights, great player perspective, but Chelly and Messier are, have such personalities that I just think are sort of suppressed and I hate to see that. So I'm giving ESPN like a C. I think they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of improvement to do in the, in the off season. They need to get a little more personality in there. Um, not just be X's and O's in some of their broadcasts. I just, it's like, 
you got this like most exciting game. What are you doing? You know, mm -hmm. like what, what, what? Like mm -hmm. this is just like, this <laughs> is the place you can be like, have more excitement and, and energy in your voice. Like you don't have to call it like you're calling a baseball game or a basketball game. Like hockey fans expect that. So I just would hope that they would uh, take that into consideration and give their broadcasters a little more space to add some personality. You agree? Have you listened to some of those? I don't yeah. want to like bash yeah. ESPN because mm. like maybe one day I could be working with them, but like, that's my honest opinion. And I think even a lot of the other people, they've had issues with their audio on some of yeah. their broadcasts. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. So, yeah. Yeah. The fans are louder than the broadcasters. Yeah. I can't even hear what they're saying. Yeah. Um, the, the lip sync, like the, um, the output of the broadcaster's audio yeah. is ahead yes. of the game. Yes. And it's like, it's like, really? You guys are ESPN, you know? So everybody makes mistakes, right? And, and forget where the Panthers play, like Sunrise, Florida, you know? So, you know, there's things that, that we all have uh, that happen. And I'm going to give them a little leeway on that. But there's some work I think that could be done. TNT is my favorite i'm like i'm only watching the tnt games like that's <laughs> also yeah, i'll have to watch espn obviously for the final but you know that's how i feel well yeah well yeah i think they will tnt i believe has the western conference files if i'm right yeah. oh i met with the but the stanley cup finals. stanley cup is on stanley abc, cup, and oh, yeah, ESPN. ESPN, yeah. ABC yeah. yeah this year this yeah. year it is yeah i know they're gonna yeah. alternate too so yeah. but uh yeah i i look i think look paul bissonette i mean his personality is just uh, just you know, fabulous. So I, I, I love him. Yeah. yeah, Busy's great. Uh, your Rit Tocket, I know. Tocket too. You, talk, yeah. Tocket's a Tocket's great as well. So yeah, yeah. You, you're you're probably right on on some aspect of, with the ESPN. I don't want to name names because they're actually some of those folks are actually really good, but they just don't. Yeah, and I don't know they, if it's a yes. They're it's good at their job, Lakina. You're right. Like they're very good, but they're not hockey it's not hockey like they're they're like missing this element of passion and excitement and understanding of like what the fan base wants so you're right looking i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no 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 no. it's fine but uh, yeah i think i like i really like tnt's you know the the, the presentation and the, the guys there it is a little more free-flowing so yeah. we're yeah, headed down like Shooting jabs at each other, talkets <laughs> chirping biz. biz. Of course, of course. Like, the, the, like old times. What, yeah, and I think what I think what's the magical thing about biz and the energy he brings to it is that when they interview the players during the intermissions, like when the whole roundtable interviews a player, mm -hmm. they're all chirping biz, and yes. like you get to see the side of the players that you would never see in any other interview done by any other person on any team. Even like the team's ringside reporter is mm -hmm. not going to garner that kind of reaction from the players who right. all love to give Biz a hard time and know they can do it and they can chirp him in the middle of this national broadcast <laughs> and you get to see a glimmer of their personality. And I think that is something that fans, especially hockey fans, we crave that. We don't yes. get enough of that. Yes. that 
That's not how hockey fans are, uh, hockey players are in their media. And so when we get a glimpse of that, if you can bottle that magic like they do, I mean, by all means, keep going. I don't know why ESPN doesn't want to try to capitalize a little bit on that, you know, and encourage it, but that's their choice. We're heading down the home stretch with our homegirl, Rachel Patrick, the co-host of the House of Hockey podcast, right here on Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color, right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Uh, before we move on, Rachel, one more note about hockey. Uh, this week is the nine-year anniversary of the Blackhawks Red Wings, or I'll call them the Dead Wings series from 2013. <laughs> of course, Detroit moved on to the Eastern Conference after yeah. this series. Of course, the Hawks trailed uh, the best of seven series, three games to one. They won the first game. They lost the next three. And, of course, they finally ended up winning the next three games of that series. Of course, Brent Seabrook's overtime uh, game-winning goal in Game 7 was the capper of it all. Besides that moment, Rachel, two things. <laughs> One, where were you? And number two, where was your best moment in that series? I am pretty sure I was in Aruba, of all the places, mm. at a bar, <laughs> a sports, the one sports bar on the tiny island watching the overtime we stayed and watched the overtime games um of that series and i think at the time i didn't really know right you didn't know what was gonna come like we didn't know now like hindsight's 2020 i can look back and be like holy moly like i had no idea this team was gonna be this good and, and be the way that they ended up being for the next deck, you know, for that decade. So it was incredible. I remember just being like overly like so excited, like couldn't believe it, you know, like we're the only mm -hmm. Blackhawks fans on the Island in this bar. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> the hotel doesn't have like whatever the NBC Sports or whatever the hell it was on at the time, you know, like they yeah, NBCSN, which is not the Sports Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, they they had like we had like ESPN and like maybe CNN and you know the, like the Disney Channel. So it wasn't like today where you can stream <laughs> the stuff. Like I don't even think right. we right. had internet. Like it was still crazy expensive to have internet at the time on that island. But anyway, what was the second part of the question? Uh, what was your favorite outside of the Seabrook overtime winner in game seven? What was your favorite moment from that series? I don't even remember. I don't know. I don't know. I just remember being, that feels like so long ago and I should have a better answer for you than that. But I, just, <laughs> I just don't. And I'm not going to like bullshit BS you. Sorry. Whoops. Almost let one slip. It's almost every time on here I let out some sort of spare word. <laughs> I'm just like biz on uh, the TNT broadcast where they send him to the penalty box. You're gonna, you're gonna oh, yeah. have to, you're gonna have to like put a penalty box up for me and give me a two minute minor. But um, <laughs> I wish I had a better answer for you because at the time I was working in news and, or was I at the? I yeah no in 2013 I was at a station. Uh, doing television where my job is like very all encompassing and I didn't get to go home to Chicago to see any of the games um, or anything like that. So I wasn't as like as involved. And that's why when I say things like I'm so sad that this whole like decade of hockey that I've 
fallen in love with and really made me fall in love with hockey is over is like so big. Mm -hmm. And I could just like kick myself at that time, like not really knowing how incredible the Hawks were going to be to like make sure I watched every single game. Like I do now, you know, where I'm watching every single playoff game and I'm watching everything, even when the Hawks aren't in it, you know? So mm -hmm. I think, I think that's where I'm at. I, I wish I had a better answer for you, but that's, that's the honest truth. So <laughs> those those were the years where I really like I would say like starting in 2010 was when I really 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 fell in love with hockey. It was as an adult, right? Like I went to the mm -hmm. old Chicago Stadium as a kid with my dad, but like when you're four, you don't understand the gravity of it all. And mm -hmm. because of all the years of of the Blackhawks not being on television and the city really boycotting. <laughs> ownership and like mm -hmm. not going to games and all of the things that happened with our history that we know that I don't have to tell you guys, but, um, it wasn't until later that I really started getting into it. And then that's what inspired me to start following it religiously. Like I do now and watching all these games and, and reading articles and stats and highlights and having a podcast <laughs> about hockey is it's really all started then. So I would say just that 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 team is is what has gotten me to where I am today and my love for the game all right as we wrap things up there a couple of sports team media notes going keeping in with the hockey theme the uh ESPN will be airing a two-hour special that will air in June I'm assuming you know during the uh Stanley Cup finals about the rivalry between the Red Wings and the Avs. You guys remember uh, they had, yeah, and during the nineties and the early two thousands. I mean, both those teams, you know, built the you know, fiercest, uh, you know, rivalry, and you know, they both won, both won cups during that time too. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're actually going to be, you know, going behind the scenes and some of the exclusive interviews and such. Uh, interviews will include uh, Steve Eiserman, Joe Sackett, Peter Forsberg, Patrick Waugh, among others. Also, Mark Crawford as well, who went on to coach the Avs. So, what about Dino Cicerelli? Uh, not, well, yeah, not, not yet. They haven't said that yet. We might see him <laughs> on there, but, uh, it'll air in, you know, next month, you know, I'm assuming like during the, uh, Stanley Cup final. So that's sort of like a nice way to kind of, you know, promote, uh, promote the, the finals and have probably one of the fiercest rivalries from the nineties, from the nineties into the two thousands. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I couldn't wait to watch those games back in the day. Of course, it, right. it was the end of that Blackhawks era with Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chelios. I yes. uh, quickly latched on to the Colorado Avalanche because I couldn't stand Detroit. Ooh, those were some bloodbaths back in the day. Not to glorify violence or anything like that, but whoever won that series went on to win the Stanley Cup, and those were some great games. I definitely couldn't wait to watch those games where they were on Fox back in the day or ESPN. Oh, those were some great games back there. I'm going to watch some of them probably this weekend on, right here on YouTube. I can't wait to see that. When's that airing, Lakina? What does sometime it say? This, yeah, they, they Just have a date June? yet. Sometime in June. Yeah, sometime in June. So I guess you'll check your local listings. You know, it's an East 62-hour nice. special. I hope they get, um, I hope they get uh, Nicholas Lidstrom because he was one of my favorites from those Detroit teams. Yes, I actually have a couple of favorites from the Detroit teams. Go figure, but, <laughs> I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know about well, that. <laughs> I, you know, they were, they were really good players on those teams. You there know, were. I'm supposed to hate them. Yeah, so. <laughs> there were. There were. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. I'll be definitely yes. tuning into that. Yeah. Love to see a, a rivalry. And I'm sure ESPN does do a really good job with those specials, though. Yeah, absolutely. for all the bad things we just said about them, we better say something <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Sid, you got anything else before we uh before we disperse? Uh, real 
real quick before we uh, head up out of here, of course, uh, it's Cub Sox weekend, and I'm wearing um, Rachel's now new favorite t-shirt wore just for her today, Sox 35th, the, the CTA um, um, train stop. And so I picked it up off of eBay a few weeks ago. Uh, quickly, Ray, Ray, we talked uh, behind the scenes before. Uh, the, of course, it's the Cubs. Sox will play each other twice starting tomorrow. You can watch that game nationally on Fox. And, of course, Sunday's game you can watch uh, uh, locally, um, NBC Sports Chicago and Marquee Sports Network, MLB.TV across the country uh, for, for the other folks that can watch out of market baseball. Uh, do you have any Cubs Sox stories? Oh, yeah, I do. I I have two. I don't know which one you want, but my I have a younger brother and he for his birthday he wanted to go to the Cub Sox series. Oh god, I what the heck year would this have been? Uh like 99 2000 maybe. Mm -hmm. okay. He uh we went cuz we lived a mile from Wrigley, but we were the only White Sox fans on the north side of Chicago at the time, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> we went to Wrigley. We watched the Crosstown series at Wrigley, um, and it was his birthday, and the Sox lost, and he cried, and he cried, Aww. and he was Aww. devastated. He was inconsolable. We went to, there used to be a Buca de Beppo over on Clark Street. I don't think it's there anymore. So we walked no. down after the game. That's his favorite place. He, nothing there would make him happy. He was like utterly devastated. Um, so that's a memory I have. I also have a memory of watching a Crosstown series at a bar in Chicago. It was called Lincoln Station on Lincoln Avenue and Lincoln Park. Again, I don't know if it's there or not or renamed, but my best girlfriend at the time, she was a Cubs fan. I was a Sox fan and she used to give me so much stuff about when they would play each other. And we were sitting at the bar watching the game on and she starts going at me. She's like, you know, that socks are dirty, blah, blah, you know, just giving me all of the, like <laughs> slinging all the stuff at me and I'm giving it back to her. And like, you haven't won a series in 90 some odd years. And, you know, just going and going and going. And finally she got, remember we were at a bar. There was alcohol involved. She got so mad at me. She turned to me and she open face, open palm slapped me across the face of the bar. Oh. I was like, did you just hit me? And I turned and I open face slapped her back. The bartender comes running over. He knew us because we went through all the time. He comes running over. The door guy comes running over and is like, <laughs> Oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? Are you two okay? <laughs> Trying to separate us? Her and I are still screaming at each other. Scream. I'm like, I can't believe you just hit me. What's the matter with you? I'm like, they still suck. The Cubs are never going to win a World Series. You know, like we're just going at it. The bartender comes over. He brings us shots to try to calm us down. Like <laughs> it's real. It's real. That's the only time her, we're still friends today. It's the only time oh, good, good, good. ever oh, gotten okay. into oh, an God. argument. Our oh, only cool. argument was about the Cubs and the Sox. Ever. <laughs> in, I've known her since we were 14, and I'm not 14 anymore. It's been a long time, guys. So we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> so those are oh. my memories. 
Oh, well, on, on that note, you follow yeah. me at Kane15 on the Twitter <laughs> and at Kane Scorby on the IG. I don't know if we can top that. <laughs> no, we better end it right here, Lakeem, before something yeah. else breaks out. <laughs> you can yeah. follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Rachel, where can the lovely people follow you on social media? Follow me at the hockey lady for all things hockey. And you can follow me at house of hockey podcast to listen to breezy and my show, uh, new episodes every week. And that's yeah. Uh, hockey lady on all the things. All right, Rachel, you know, we're going to bring all you right. back at some point. We got to uh, talk to you about your podcast. We're running out of time, but we got to bring you back to talk to you about your, your podcast. It's been on fire lately. So I just wanted to tell you that. Thanks. But real I quickly, think my story was more exciting than talking about the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we agree. We agree. That's why we bring you back at a later date. We bring you back at a later date. But uh, make sure you guys. download the Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you download our podcast, Second City Sports at War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And, you know, look, enjoy all the sports. You got baseball, you got hockey, of course, you've got the NBA. We'll see if the Heat can uh, tie with the Celtics, and hopefully we'll have a game seven on Sunday before Memorial Day holiday. Who knows? Um, of course, you're all you soccer fans. You've got the Champions League final, uh, Liverpool and the Real Madrid coming up tomorrow at two o'clock on CBS. So make sure you guys check that out as well, you soccer fans. So enjoy the weekend, everybody. You know, stay safe out there. If you're not going to wear a mask, wash your hands. Oh, if, you're, if you wear a mask, wash your hands. You're not going to get vaccinated. And just be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Remember, we're going to be off this Monday. So we'll see you on Friday. And go, Sox, kick the Cubs' ass. Holla. Go. Oh. <laughs>